Hello, and welcome to another episode of Certified Fresh. It's Z here, excited to share some great content this week covering all different areas of Line Drive. We'll start off with a continuation from the ending of our last episode, where Greg will join the show to give us a deeper look into the inner workings of the inside sales team. It's been interesting seeing that department evolve, and Greg has some great insight on the transformation and how they're working to drive sales. Then, Jason, Scott, and Jay Schneider from Dorn Marketing join me to revisit our construction focus that was launched in Q4. Diving into Jason's knowledge of the product and distributor, Scott's insights on bundling and approach, and Jay tying it all together, this segment gives an additional layer of understanding to why this is important to line drive. And wrapping us up is our newest key account manager, Jenny Moore. Jenny's gonna give us insight into one of the hottest growing key accounts with tons of potential, RSUs. Hope you all enjoy. Joining me is Greg Mittman, Inside Sales Manager. Greg, how are you today? I'm doing good, Z. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I want to want to get you to jump on. I know um, in our previous episode, we heard from uh, what I call uh, Greg's three sons, <laughs> and we got a little peek behind the curtain as far as the, the, the team members on Inside Sales, but I think it's good uh, as we start the new year to maybe uh, give all of Line Drive a better understanding of what inside sales does and how you're structured and how we operate. And uh, there's definitely been some changes. So I hope we could uh, talk through that today. Absolutely. Yeah. I just listened to the boys uh, podcast with you last week and it was good. They, they joked to me saying they were messing with me and, and talking trash about me, but they didn't. It was all clean. So <laughs> it was good. They were very, they were always very complimentary of you. So that's good. That's um, so, yeah. So the ter- current team you've got, uh, obviously you and, and Phil and Chris and Nathan, Right. And can you tell us about how are they divided up? Is it a geographic? Is it SC based? Yeah, it, it is. It is regional. Um, in the past, you know, due to, you know, team members coming on and team members going off, it was just kind of a hodgepodge of how we had it all organized. And I really wanted it more aligned regionally. So, you know, we have Nate covering the West and the South and you have uh, Phil covering the Northeast and the Southeast and Chris taking up the East Central and the, the upper Midwest. So, which helps too because those those teams tend to do their monthly meetings as one meeting as well. So uh, one of the newest uh, things that the inside team are doing is that they're part of those meetings. So it's been pretty pretty exciting for them. That's good. Like, from that, you know, I think you mentioned there's been a little bit of evolution of how they're talking with the SC partner, <clears throat> and I believe it's called a huddle up. Yeah, we're still using that term, and it went from huddle up. Should we call it an L10? Is it the same page meeting? We're like. Nope, it's a huddle up. We're going with it. It's this, the formal name for it. And uh, yeah, those meetings, you know, they they were they were by they're every twice a, twice a month or every other other week, biweekly, whatever you want to say it. But they, um, I felt like they were just let's just get together every two weeks to make sure we're talking. And there was no agenda. There was no plan. Some meetings were really smooth. Some had no focus. And I'm like, those those are not a good use of our time. So I, I broke it down to only doing it once a month and uh, have a pretty uh, stringent or strict uh, uh, guideline. There's there's three parts to it. One talks about the initiatives that we're working on and some ones that we finished up and we will be working on. Um, there's a section talking about bundle selling and how we could uh, go after the wins the SCs have had. And then the third and final part is about personalized initiatives. So SCs can play um, business development manager or HQ and they can create their own initiatives for the inside team to, to work on, which is been like interesting that. to say the least. I've had That's 26 a, of these meetings this month so far. And yeah, lots of different, <laughs> That's a good different ideas. 
<laughs> I like the idea of playing a little bit of business development that you've got control over your own business and you know where you want to push energy and effort that you know hopefully that results in sales growth. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're doing the huddle up. You said you're doing the huddle up once a month. Sounds like I, I know uh, from the feedback I've heard, there's been some really positive gains coming from them. Yeah, I, I, I've I've heard a lot of feedback that, that they they really. I mean, they've liked just the the structure of it. It felt like things were actually getting accomplished. There was a game plan. Um, and and the the positive sides we're we're still working through. It was a little clunky this month. You know, we're working through some of the kinks. You know, the the SC or the inside reps are pulling their the last thirty days wins of the SCs and going through those wins to see where we can bundle. You know, and and that's lining up with with a lot of the the stuff that Scott Woods and field sales are trying to do and increasing those bundle average numbers. Um, and and then the initiatives have been fun <laughs> trying to create uh, homemade initiatives. There's been some some unique ideas, which I think might actually be quite duplicatable. So if that's a word duplicatable, I think it is. It is now. Right. Sure. Yeah. It is now. Cool. Um, think about you. You basically been with our inside sales team in this iteration since it yeah. started. Can you talk with us or share with us how it's changed over the past uh, absolutely. couple of years? Yeah, I, I came on board um, in February of 2018, I believe. Yes. No, March, March 18. And it was before that it was just Daniel Vaughn. For some of the uh, old line drivers here, remember Daniel Vaughn is one of the pioneer and then they hired myself, Patrick and Elisa. And we were brought on with when the uh, the new uh, plan, the enhanced sales strategy was launched, old, old Chuck, Chuck's plan back in the day. And, you know, it was, it was great idea of the inside team. You know, we're going to do, um, you know, we're, we're hiring an inside team to help take the small stuff off the plate. So the SCs can focus on the big fish. So it's a, it's a good theory. There just wasn't any governing to it. And it just kind of, it went off the rails. Everyone had an own, had their own opinion of what that meant. Um, mm. Some some SCs partnered really well with the inside team and treated them as as insights you know as as a valued partner. Some used them more as an admin function, you know. And it just there was there wasn't a consistency around it. And and our numbers we're trying to prove our our show our metrics as well. And our metrics are tied directly to the SCs. So it was hard to get a real feedback of the work that the inside team was doing because it, it depended on the relationship. You know, some SCs over overutilized some underutilized it was just it was uneven so it had to get fixed up so with the with the new hiring of the team with phil nate and chris coming on you know i, I was able to walk away from the inside team basically basically stop stop servicing or stop working with the scs for a couple months after uh, patrick got promoted um and 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 we, um, ashley and us uh, parted ways uh we just kind of like shut it down for a couple months so we could uh refocus re-come back with a new focus and a new game plan and so far, I feel like everyone's been taken taken to it really well, and the guys have, have been have been ramping up, and they're they're really uh, hitting the ground this month. Yeah. So, talk to us some of the key areas we've moved away from admin or maybe small deal support. What what are the key areas that you all are working on now? The big focus is I want my team to be out there hunting, you know, like real like looking looking for business. You know, I see more value in an inside rep making initiative dials, these cold calls that we call every week, you know, we have 60 different targets every week that we call on. Um, so 180 targets right now a week are, are being hit. And so um, basically we are, we're, we're calling on all those and they, I, I see more value in our team it, through those calls, those cold calls, quote unquote, that we actually, we find a large opportunity that we're able to get the FC engaged with. 
you know, and have them come back and, and, and close out that business. And then when they close out, come back to us with the bundle selling option. And then we can go back in again. So I see more value in, in us hunting down a large deal than us doing, say, admin work where, you know, back in the day, some inside reps, I felt like most of the work they would do was just inputting data um, and not actually out there selling. And that's, I want my team to sell. And yeah. our big our big focus is on the initiatives and then on bundle selling and and on, on the localized initiatives for the SCs. No, I think that's great. And we've talked that there's also some ownership from the inside sales team on distributor sellers and building those relationships and working with them to target uh, from an inside perspective on how they can help grow business. Absolutely. Like we want us to, to be out there and, and engaging with all levels of distribution. You know, we're not... Whereas the SCs might focus some more on safety specialists and some D DMs and maybe some GMs, you know, we're out there calling, <laughs> talking to OSRs and account managers and account reps, you know, talking to everybody. Right. You know, and I think it's, we talk bundle selling. That's so, such great words. I love, I love to hear that should have a little chime go off, but uh, you hear that bundle selling, what a great way to take a win at a customer where line drive has built a reputation and brought in a solution and coming in and using different uh, approaches, different strategies to go back and sell additional uh, manufacturers within those facilities. So it, really it makes cool. sense. Oh, yeah. Someone, someone buys from us. It means they, they probably like this a little bit. Why aren't we selling more to them? And, you know, it's, it's back in the, you know, the old, the old days with a lot of the TPOs, the SCs would create, you know, from, from being on site, that's the kind of stuff that the inside team will be able to follow up on and use our tenacity from the inside team to hound the heck out of those opportunities until we get some type of closure out of them. How else do you see the inside sales team impacting SC or frankly CAM and SAM sales growth this year? I I see us it's going to take a little time when we start making some headway but we're going to the you know not to paraphrase Carlo but the evangelization of distribution you know we're out there 180 targets a week constantly getting information and news and and asking for business and asking for targets you know um, one of the areas that we're going to focus on is doing uh, virtual strategic sessions with the channel. You know, that's going to be a big focus for us to to talk line drive, not just whatever distributor you know we're we're working on, but to talk about the whole package, the whole bundle that line drive employs, and that that in itself by the pipeline we'll be able to create by hunting, um, we're going to and it's it's going to it's going to impact the SC's sales flat out, you know, and and through through pipeline growth and wins. And if you talk in the CAMs and SAMs, I mean, we, we actually did a, a, a initiative for Hildebrandt for Net Plus and Coast last month, you know, did one for that. Um, for the SAMs, you know, I, I work, I, you know, I talk to Trelsey all the time and I had a meeting with, 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 with Doug and, and Trevor. We got to come up with a name for them. So um, I'll let you think on that one. <laughs> right. But, but to really, you know, the second focus point for the inside team besides you know, working with, with trying to grow business from all of our distributors, or I'm sorry, all of our manufacturer clients was to uh, grow the diversified, diversifier channels, you know, and mm -hmm. so it's not just all, it's all Granger and Fastenal, which has been a majority of our business for years, but so let's grow motion, let's, let's find a way to, to really attack air gas, you know, let's, Fisher is so new, but we have, we have a list of all their sales reps, let's go, let's try to, let's try to get to know them. So they come back to us when they need assistance, you know, those are, that's a lot of volume. You know, if you think about right. 100, 180 contacts, you know, a week, you know, you go that over a year, that's over almost 10,000 contacts just for the three of my guys that are going to make trying to sell a product, one of our manufacturer's products. 
So. Or line drive. Exactly, line drive as a whole. No, I mean, I, I really think that that's awesome. And, and right, it's another way, another area that we can make an impact in some other distribution partners and help spread uh, line drive, uh, help, help get our, our name and our solutions out there. And I know your team's becoming, uh, quickly becoming very well versed in the services and the value that we bring and how we can help our distributor partners uh, really show their customers um, extra value and, and show their customers solutions. Yeah, I mean, I, I view where the progression of inside sales, we're going to be virtual solutions consultants. Maybe our title is no longer ISS, maybe we're VSCs at some point, you know? Well, that, that's a good question. So where do you see, what's, what do you see the future of uh, the inside sales team at Line Drive? It, dude, it can grow a lot. Uh, immediate, immediate growth, um, the, as, as long as I can show some good metrics, is, is for Q2 to, to possibly double the team and get three more, have one per region. That's That's the initial goal, but the sky's the limit. Maybe next year they could double that. You know, maybe, maybe let's, let's get crazy here for a second, Z. Well, how about one, one inside rep for every SC? Interesting. Got I don't know, but, but that could be, who knows? You, you can, cause I mean, we've grown so much. Line drives growth over the last 20 years has come from, you know, a lot from territory expansion. You know, mm -hmm. now we, now we truly have a national reach. Let's double that support in the region. With, without having to have a second a second uh, pair of feet on the ground, you know, I, I'm trying to make sure our S, our insight and SCs are, are selling it as you have two con you have two contacts now you have you have two people to help you here at Line Drive you have your your field rep and you have your inside rep here so twice the support as any other distributor rep or any other manufacturer rep. No, that's great, and I know that obviously you've got the metrics in place, so we'll be able to see you know what what is the revenue, what's that volume that we're bringing in by being very proactive and being out there. Yeah. And, I have lots of tags and sources working with Deborah that she's created for me for pipeline deals, uh, <laughs> like everything. <laughs> so we're going to track, I'll be able to run a report at the end of the month and see, okay, what did our bundling efforts produce this year? What did these, uh, these localized distributors, distributed initiatives produce this year? We haven't have, we haven't have a section where we're calling our, our ODC our outlier distributor contacts, which are 10 contacts. Every SC is going to be uh, giving to the inside team to, not owned through pipeline deals, but they're going to be tagged and we're going to have a list. So every inside rep's going to have a list of 80 to 90 of these contacts that in between initiatives we can reach out to. We can talk about whatever the flavor of the month is, you know, whatever we're trying to push. And it's for, it's for outlier branches, branches that maybe don't get enough attention um, because they're on the outskirts of a territory or someone that's just very, an extra needy dis distributor. We all have one of those. None of those. <laughs> So, you know, there's, there's, and that's even going to be marked as well. I'll be able to run reports and go, okay, what kind of business did we create from that? So it's, it's, that's great. I wanted to make sure the metrics were there and we were able to actually pull reports and go, this is, this is what, this is the direct impact that we've had. So there's no questioning about what the, what the, uh, what the inside team has uh, contributed to line drives overall right. success. No, I think it sounds fantastic that we're able to measure and, and show the value and with these guys hunting and getting out there and being proactive and, and taking our messages and driving to win. For me, that's really exciting. And I can't wait to see what they have in store for 2021. Me too. I'm excited. And, and the team's great. I mean, the, the atmosphere in the, in the office is awesome. There's, there's a, there's a camaraderie. People actually want to help each other win. There's, there's good collaboration and sharing, but there's also a great sense of humor. The guys, you know, poking fun at each other, but, but, but in a, in a, in a good way, in a healthy way, in an HR healthy way. So uh, it's <laughs> case of Lee was listening. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's great. The attitude's great, and now now I have guys that are out there. We have all three of them, you know, 
pounding the phones every week, you know, creating pipeline. Now, you know, there's there's initiatives, there's contests I can run, there's ways to engage with the team, and it's it's been really fun. So that's good. I like to end on that. You always want to make sure that people are having a good time at work. So, Greg. Thank you very much. Thanks yeah, for your insight. As lab. always, if anyone, yeah, if anyone wants to, to reach out to Greg, he's got metrics, he's got data, but he can certainly give you a little bit deeper uh, insight on what's going on with inside sales. So thanks a lot, Greg. Always, always ready to talk. Thanks, Dee. Appreciate it, man. Joining us now for a little bit more in-depth discussion on line drives construction strategy, I've got three great guests with me today, uh, Jason Nida, Jay Schneider, and Scott Woods. Hello, guys. Thanks for joining us. Is he? So we to talk on this. After our launch back in uh, October with our partners at Dorn, we, you know, we brought out this construction focus of construction strategy, and I thought it made sense as we start the year off that we take some time to revisit this project and really give a little bit more visibility behind the effort, uh, review some of the, uh, the the tips and insights that Jay had, and then really discuss what our team, you know, from marketing and, and HQ and field needs to do to help drive and support this and move forward to make this a success. So thank you guys for, for joining me. Um, just starting, look at the background, you know, Jason, I know from your history, you've had a lot of experience with construction, whether it's ITW and JPW and uh, other three-lettered companies that we've worked with. But, you know, bringing on Bosch, um, you know, what was what was your thought about focusing on this area? And what was the, the I guess, behind the scenes to get this off the ground? Yeah, um, a few things got me excited about it. First of all, when I looked at the market, it, it's a, a $450 billion market, and that's non-resi construction, which is primarily where we would play. So it's a very large market, and uh, it's one that we can attack with clients we already have on the books. So people we're already familiar with. We know their value proposition. We know the pitch. We know how to sell those services and those solutions. Um, also, we can do it with channel partners that we're already strong with. We already understand how they go to market. We understand what levers to pull, um, and we're experts in those channels. So those two things got me really excited, you know, coupled with the fact that we don't have to change who we are or how we sell. The approach is very similar to what we would do with any other, um, any other group. Like, so if we're engaging a construction specialist group, it's not much different than the way we engage a safety specialist group or a national account group. It's understanding the customer's needs, understanding their pain points, and then working to find a solution. So, um, you know, those those things bundled together got me pretty excited about attacking this market. Right. I think, as I mentioned, with the addition of Bosch, you know, that's a, a pretty big brand within the construction segment. So, you know, I think it makes sense that we pull it in. And, you know, Scott, thinking about it, uh, you know, as we focus this year, we've talked already on uh, enhancing our bundling strategy. You know, how do you feel like the, 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 the portfolio probably helps in this, um, given this market? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting point. The, um, you know, the market itself, you know, it's presented, it's presented us with an opportunity to, you know, package a series of, of manufacturers together, or take our client partners, put them in a, in a position from a bundle standpoint, um, and attack a market that, you know, it, that there's sort of two elements to this. There was sort of the proactive and then the reactive side. On the proactive side, we, 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 we saw our portfolio team put together this, start a new relationship with, with a Bosch, um, which gave us an opportunity to sort of align other manufacturers and inherently through sort of the reactive side is 
we saw a package or a bundle come together that may have been a little loose in uh, prior to that point. Um, and then we saw, I think we also saw our distribution partners mobilize resources to have a more proactive approach to uh, the construction space itself as well. Um, so proactively, we went out and we got, we got great client partners that gave us an opportunity to bring a bundle that's relevant to that space. But then on the reactive side, we also saw distribution doing the same thing. They, they were mobilizing resources. So we kind of captured that wave as well. It really has given our team uh, the right package of tools and, and relevancy to go into a space that, you know, I think it's, it's ripe for us to be able to get our hands on and, and be relevant and interesting in that world. I did a little bit of homework, which, you know, go me. Uh, and if we look at it, we actually have 11 manufacturers that have specific construction type products are offering. That's not like counting a kid over, okay, you know, you need a fire extinguisher, but these are products that are designed for this market. So, you know, you think it's like, we, we talk, okay, well, if they're buying gloves, maybe they can buy boots or something like that. But this is 11 different brands that you can go in. I mean, you've got, if you're building this relationship, you've got an opportunity to come back and come back and come back and provide those solutions. Yeah, and you've got a couple that really get people's attention um, right out of the gate, like power tools, Bosch. I mean, everybody loves power tools, so it's very easy to start a conversation with that. And then to your point, Z, like pull those others in um, as we move forward. Absolutely. Now, Jay, you've got the you've got the background, you've got the knowledge. Just as a refresher, walk us through what what are some of the typical challenges that a contractor is going to face on a day to day basis? Yeah, and. And, and it's, the, it's evolving. And one thing that we've seen over the years, and, and I spent a lot of time in the construction market, the sub-markets, contractor, and even commercial residential space, that it, it kind of goes down to four basic areas that what we see today is their primary focus. Costs. Costs are a big piece of their pain today. Variable costs, fixed costs. Um, getting the jobs done on time, on budget. And so the services and the approach that Line Drive is taking to be able to help them control those costs is a huge win for these, these companies today. Um, costs get out of control quickly. The second is improve their quality, being able to provide a better result using different materials, finding ways to um, improve the longevity of what they're installing and they're building. Um, contractors don't want to go back and fix their work. They don't want to make mistakes in the job that all cost money. But ultimately, the buyers and the owners of these buildings want better uh, performing buildings. And so the quality of that needs to improve. They want efficiency. They want to you know, help make it easy. Meaning, you know, how can you get them product when they need it, how they need it, is all really, really important to them. Um, making it easy to buy is the fourth one. Um, complexity about, you know, finding or using four or five different vendors or suppliers um, is not what they're interested. Uh, they don't want to be met, um, uh, managing piles of vendors and also managing the job sites and the work to be done at the same time. Um, construction companies today are pretty mean and lean. There's not a lot of fat there. They've had, you know, some years of tough uh uh, tough going over the last 10 or 15 years. So they're not just sitting with a, an abundance of resources. Uh, finding good quality tradesmen's hard. So anything that Line Drive does to make their buying easier, bundling, improving safety, and improving efficiency, it's all going to drop to the bottom line and be a benefit for these guys, um, you know, from day one. 
I say, Scott, that uh, you know, the, the thing that Jay touched on in there in the end, you know, the improving safety, increasing productivity, you know, pulling the cost out. That's stuff. That's our that's our standard mantra, right? right? And, yeah, I mean, I when not a, um, uh, I don't remember who said it, but you know, a feature is not a benefit unless it solves a problem. That was you. The, the, uh, the, I think that that speaks to our method of how we go to market. It's more than just you know a great product. It's a great product that's relevant to the to the uh, the pain points of our individual, you know, the individual that you're talking to, um, and the application in their world. Um, we we're going to chase that cost saving story, but it's not the dollars we're after. It's proving out the value beyond the beyond the intricacies of the features and benefits of the tool. Um, we want to show them. We want to show them in clear and concise way that this is this is bringing more to you than you're going to pay for it. You, you're buying the tool, but the experience and the application of the tool thereafter—that that's the part we're trying to capture, document, and and present out. Right. I think you know, Jay. I hear you talking. You you mentioned about um, contractors looking for new ways and, and ways to become more efficient, stuff like that. And I think there's maybe free for my side, and I was I you know I always open my ignorance to everybody. But uh, you know, there's this thought of like you know, contractors very rigid and focused. We've always done it this way, and we you know we talk about the leather glove example. Like we use leather gloves because my dad used leather right. gloves, and that's what I've done, right? But it sounds like in this in this era, you know, given that there's been some lean times or some needed adaptability, that that they're looking for different stuff and they're hungry for. Um, finding different they ways have to, to, change. to do the job. They've, they've been forced to change. They've been forced to run their business differently and do the work that they did 10 or 15 years ago differently. Um, you know, construction hasn't seen a lot of inflation as a whole. And, and let me explain that a little bit. So while price of goods and services have historically gone up, you know, if you were going to build a home today, um, you kind of, you know, home prices for construction materials has gone up, but the labor in the in the what the contractors can charge hasn't really gone up as much. So they've had to become more efficient. They've had to save money. Um, you know, if you get if you had a wood floor installed in a new construction home 20 years ago, it was seven bucks a square foot. Today, it's like eight bucks a square foot, right? And so they've had to take all this efficiency. And apply it to the way they work, but they can only apply so much efficiency there. So the only other option is the way they buy, the way they run their business, how efficient they are with the individuals they have on the job site. So, you know, the glove example, you know, why they may be using leather gloves, they just need, the guy can't be spending 25 minutes looking for gloves or finding a good pair or trying to figure out what he's supposed to use or does he have the right hammer drill or the wrong drill for this type of application, right? Which Bosch and you and you guys kind of help them say, hey, this is the tool you need because it's the right tool for the work that you do. Um, and, and that's gonna help save an hour, half hour on a job. And that's a huge, that's gonna make or break some of these jobs for these guys. Um, and so I don't wanna under, uh, you know, put too little value in the actual product itself. Where Line Drive, I think, provides great value is the efficiency, but also matching the, the products to the work that they do, right? Mm -hmm. This is, you know, anyone can buy a glove, but the glove that right. you need or the tools you need for the concrete or electrical or, or uh, type of work you need, that's where the value comes in to Scott's point. It's more than just the benefit of the actual widget. It's putting the right widget in the right company in the right business. And that's where line drivers has that expertise with their partners. 
Well, I like that, uh, you know, going back and looking at some of the launch materials and, and the presentations that we built to, to use with uh, both distributors and end users, there's that thought of or that, that phrase in there of lowering total installed cost. And I think that's so important to think of because it, it takes our group of solutions and really boils it down to say, you know, what, what are you here to do, you know, uh, line drive rep? I'm here to help you lower your total install cost. And that's that's terminology that they understand, that, that the contractor is going to understand. And that's you know something they're desiring to, they're aiming to. Right. Um, you know, think about that, Jay, as, as we go out to the job site, you know, what should the team expect? What's the what's the reception? What's the, you know what should they expect from the customer, and maybe how are they going to do things a little differently? Yeah, and and so if if you're talking to the the contractors or the or the construction companies themselves, they should expect a couple of things. One, not a lot of time, right? There's not going to be a lot of time on the job, so they're going to need to get to the point. Uh, be direct. Um, contractors want straight talk. Companies want straight talk. They don't, you know, need a lot of like humming and hawing. Like, well, you know, we can kind of maybe sort of. Um, that doesn't necessarily work anymore. <laughs> that's just that's just that's just good Sandler over yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. no, no wishy washy yeah, words. Exactly. We need to have um, playbook, Jay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so don't expect a lot of time. Um, you're going to get some skepticism. They've seen it and heard it all. Uh, you know, it, when I was in that that space, I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard promise upon promise, and oh, this is going to save you. You know, 50% of your time, uh-huh, you're right, I, I've seen that before. Um, right. So there are going to be some skeptics. And I think keeping the message simple and keeping it direct, talking about what you can do and how you can help in real simple terms is going to go a long way. Um, you're going to see a discussion about cost. Cost is still a big factor to them. And that lower installed cost or total installed cost is going to be a great way to um, frame that discussion. They're still going to talk about, well, this drill is more than that, or these gloves could be more. Um, and so you're going to get some resistance there. But I think if you just keep kind of positioning it and making sure they understand all the other costs that they may not be considering in that discussion, I think it's going to go a long way. Um, and then you're going to talk about the other thing that you're going to see is uh, deferral. Um, I don't have time. Can't talk about that right now. Right. To your point earlier, Brian, it's like, ah, you know, I, I just, I'd like my old 1955 leather gloves. That's just what I use. Right. Um, they're horribly unsafe. They get caught in tools. It's you know that's how you lose a finger. But aside from that, we get that you have some emotional attachment to those gloves. Um, so you, I think you want to just kind of keep some of those points in the back of your mind as you go out there and say, hey, look, I expect you not to, uh, you know, um, or to be skeptical because I'm sure you've seen a, you know 50 people just like me walk in the door over the last year. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think getting to the point, being direct, simple. And just really kind of showing them how working with you and your partners is different than everyone else. Um, and you're not, you know, you're not a commodity like everyone else. You provide real value will make a huge difference in those discussions. I think knowing all that, it's critically important that our team does as much pre-work as possible. So they know exactly, you know, once they set foot on the job site, they know what they're talking about, what the pain points are, and what the solutions are that we can provide and provide some real world examples of how that's going to look um, so that we can cut to the chase, so to speak, to your point, Jay. And Jason, so, that's a great point. Um, it's not uncommon for when I was uh, doing that full time years ago, you would see um, the individuals like yourselves go out to the job sites and just watch a day or two before the meeting. Just watch. And when you go to the meeting, they would come to me and say, hey, I noticed that, uh, you know, this, I noticed this on your job yesterday when I was here. Oh, okay. 
So it, it shows homework. It shows that you know what their job site's like. You can, you can appreciate the complexity of, of what they're dealing with. Um, you know, and and so it'll give them a great frame of reference when it says, well, you know, I got guys working on the 50th floor. It's like, yeah, I know. I saw them yesterday. Looks like they're having a tough, mm-hmm. tough go up there. And I think I've got some solutions that might help that. Um, that goes a long way. It takes a little bit more time. But any pre-work you can do, whether it's observing or just understanding the type of work they do or who they typically work with or even the challenges they have. Um, I used to go and look at contractors, uh, you know, if they have websites, are they trying to hire? Uh, do they have a labor shortage? And usually mm-hmm. if they do, I had a pretty good story about how I can save them some labor and some time where, you know, they can get a little bit more work done with the, the shortage of labor that they have. And that is a real problem today, finding good qualified labor. So. Right. Well, I think that's a, those are some good points as, as far as, you know, really collaborating with your construction specialist or the seller that you're working with in that, in that account to understand get a good understanding and have a game plan, not just uh, not an appointment, but an actual, you know, agenda and target. Now, Scott, do you see, what, what are some of the changes you see that uh, the team, maybe they need to modify our behavior, or, you know, how to get better traction in this area? Yeah, things that, you know, I think we'd, 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 we've discussed it a little bit here is um, speed. I think we gotta, we got to move a little faster through this. I mean, there's two, there's essentially two key elements to us when we're engaged in a, sort of a transactional conversation with the end user it's you got to get the customer number and you got to get that customer evidence and uh, what I mean by that is the customer number is we can go in with all the data and stats that we can we have around you know whatever ladder safety stats or uh, numbers of cost of injuries and all those things but until they own that number and it's their number it, it it's just a suggestion so we got to get that customer number what's the most relevant and we got to do it fast um, and that's where, to Jason's point, that prep is really going to help us there. So prep is going to be key to getting helping us identify and get that customer number. And then very quickly from there, we got to get that customer evidence. And for, for us, that essentially means what is it that the customer is going to have to provide you with something that essentially authorizes you to move deeper into the sales cycle. So if you think about, you know, a deal is closed when they hand you a PO, that's it. They, they have to provide that evidence. So that's sort of the track. We do the prep, we go get that customer number, and then we get customer evidence, meaning they're gonna provide us with that something that tells us we are moving forward with this. That's not our decision to make, it's theirs. They have to own this, we just have to walk them through it, and we have to get faster at it. Do you see us uh, leveraging assessments or you know the different services we have to really make an impact there? Yeah, absolutely we can. That, that service, that, that assessment, is going to enable that buying thinking on the customer on the customer side, and it's just going to help them buy into the idea that this thing is going to bring them value. So showing them in an assessment form, not only is the assessment or the inspection, whatever it may be, gets us access, but then it's also going to be the visual cue that they need to be able to make the decision. So yeah, absolutely, I think that's going to be critical for us. All right, Jay, I think I know the answer to this, but you know, how would the reception be from, from the, the contractor side of you know, no charge or free you know, value-added services to them? They're going to love it. it. As long as it, it makes their life easier and doesn't add complexity to the way they do business, they're going to embrace that 100%. They are looking for ways okay. to compete better in the market. I mean, in some cases, some of these guys are fighting over nickels, literally nickels in some cases, mm. by the hour, by the job. And so 
anything that you can do that provides extra value at no charge or even a you know that's built in to their cost um, is going to be appreciated and welcomed. Okay, that's good. Now, Jason, I know uh, when we launched our initial focus was with Fastenal and, and RSUs and certainly other distributor partners we have. You know, Airgas has construction specialists, Granger has um, contractor uh, sellers. But, you know, really that alignment, um, it, it seemed natural to pair with Fastenal. Uh, how, how do you see us working together with their construction yeah, strategy? Yeah, I see momentum really um, we're gaining there for sure. Um, and it's been incremental over time, but it's it's ramping up pretty quickly. We actually, this month, we're doing summits every Monday with their entire construction team. So we've got their construction team coming on, our construction or our, our local sellers coming on, depending on the region. Um, and we're just talking about some key products and then some targeting. So um, I, I got a comment just this past Monday about um, how excited they are to be engaged with us. And one of them referenced, and this is a total door opener for us. He's like, I can't believe you guys are representing Bosch now. They used to be our premier brand. And now I'm so excited to be to be working with them again and to have resources out in the field to help us grow. So definitely um, good things happening. It's growing for sure. That's good. And it sounds like they're investing in that program and, and the amount of resources for people and inventory and yeah, all that as yeah, well. they are. They, you know, they were a powerhouse in the construction market for a long time. Um, they got distracted by certain things like vending and safety. And, and for good reason, there were um, you know, growth areas for them, but they got away from construction and now they're investing heavily to get back in. So um, we've got a great team to work with over there. That's awesome. So great partnership from a distribution side. They're energized and engaged. You know, Scott, moving forward, what's the team need to do to drive success? Yeah, uh, be proactive, number one, engage the relationships that Jason and, the, and that team have, have aligned at the, uh, at the corporate level with distribution. Engage those, partner with those individuals. You know, we, we, we certainly have to be in a position to help that, those people be successful. So as much as we want to help the end user solve their problems, we also have to help distribution achieve the results they're expecting. So construction specialists and the like, they have goals, they have deliverables. We can be a part of the a part of their roadmap to being successful there. So engage those those relationships, be proactive in that regard. And you know, let's start by building a plan at the local level that's gonna set us in the, in the, in the right direction. Awesome, excellent. I love, keep hearing that, build a plan. I like it. Jason and, and Jay, any other, as we wrap up, any other resources that you all can help with, uh, you know, marketing, contacts, relationships? You know, I checked Showpad this morning. We've got over 300 construction-focused pieces already built in there, so there are a lot of resources there. Um, just take a look, and you know, if there are things that aren't captured in there that you feel like you need to be successful, let us know. We'll build it out. Yeah, and my phone is always on, and certainly reach out at any time if you got questions or or comments about you know how to approach a certain t customer type or. Um, maybe a, a question about the market as a whole or, or what have you. So my door is always open. By all means, reach out and I'll be more than happy to help in any way I can. Yeah, I don't want to discount Jay as a resource. I mean, having the, the insight of being on the job and, and living in that world and then living in this world from the, you know, he's able to see the, you know, how, how to properly align those two and, and you know, generally has that knowledge that can help maybe move conversations forward or, or overcome barriers. So certainly take him up on his yeah. offer. Get that phone ringing. All right. So looking forward to some strong growth in 2021 on our construction focus and our construction brands. Jason, Jay, Scott, thanks for joining us. Thanks, 
Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Up next, we've got Jenny Moore joining us. Jenny, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Ryan? I am awesome. I just want to let point out that Jenny is actually a certified fresh super fan. She's <laughs> subscribed. She listens like nonstop when she's at the gym. I guess you're not at the gym when she's out on walks, when she's at home cooking. Like, thank you for your support. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I thought I'd check in on Jenny. You know, Jenny's been with Line Drive for about six months now and um, hearing great things about the work you're doing, especially around RSUs. So I thought today, I, I think a lot of our, our company may be not as familiar with this distributor as we should be, and now would be a good chance to, to catch up. So six months on the job, what, uh, how's it been so far? It's been great. Um, I've really enjoyed uh, working for Line Drive and all the people that work here. I'm really excited to be part of the team and um, excited about all the, how easy it is to collaborate with everybody um, from, you know, Mike, my boss, but all the way down to the um, field consultants and the regional managers. So it's been great. Well, that's excellent, and we're glad you're on board. Now, uh, understand your background. You, you came from us from Greenlee, correct? Yeah, so um, I was with Greenlee for eight years. Um, I was a territory manager uh, in the field for about two years, and then I was promoted to a regional manager, which um, I covered many different regions over the years, but uh, <laughs> some Regional, really large... Regionals manager? Yes, <laughs> regionals <laughs> managers. Um, several states and then um right at the last two years i i uh, was a regional manager for both rigid and greenly for um like the southwest so okay so you had you have experience in sort of the industrial contractor construction market for sure yeah definitely i would assume um, it's made different uh, different distributors than what i'm used to but yeah <laughs> oh, okay yeah but i would say at least from a, like an end user customer standpoint that was probably made the transition a little bit easier yeah, definitely. So what are the accounts that you're working on, as we mentioned, is RSUs? Can can you give us a little background? Like, who is RSUs? So RSUs is um, based out of California. Uh, their home office is based out of California. Um, they have about 53 different locations across the U.S. Um, with many different smaller regions within that. Um, they are a very decentralized distributor. So pretty much every branch makes their own decisions on who they support, what they're bringing in. Um, they have two kind of main focuses as a company. Uh, they have a metalworking side and then they also have a safety side, um, which they have metalworking specialists. They've got three on that end. And then on the safety side, that's probably where they're stronger. They've got quite a few different safety specialists across the U.S. Um, and they concentrate on those things. So um, we've got quite a few different brands there underneath the metalworking side as well as uh, the safety side. I didn't realize that they had over 50 locations. That's a pretty yeah. big footprint. Yeah, they definitely do. And it's, um, it's one of those that's probably a little bit more difficult, not one that we're used to, mainly because of the fact that they don't have um, they don't have distribution centers. Uh, each branch is pretty much on their own. Well, that's uh, probably a challenge as far as getting programs out and, and product placement. Yeah, um, I think one of the biggest challenges that we've had with them so far is the fact of when they bring on new lines um, and our our manufacturer clients are looking for stocking 
uh, stocking requirements with the initial programs, which is kind of hard for them for, to fulfill just because of that decentralized model, model that they have. Interesting. Um, yeah, I guess they're not placing a, a stocking order under like two main warehouses. It's sort of every man or every branch woman for themselves. Yes, absolutely. Hmm. So how's the, so you've been, you've been, uh, getting some traction there. How's the engagement been going? What's, what's been resonating with them? What are you, what are you bringing them? Maybe it's a little bit different. Um, I found, I've definitely found with RSUs, it's, it's really good to be in front of them a lot, a lot. So, um, RSUs has a bunch of different lines. Um, so out of sight, out of mind with them is, uh, definitely one of those cliches that goes with them. So a lot of the engagement and talking to, um, their corporate headquarters on the programs that they, per that they currently have, um, and working with things and then also pushing that out to all of their specialists. Um, we've got a few main initiatives, uh, going through this year and some of that's definitely doing, um, specialist training and the specialists will actually bring in their individual regions and kind of bring in those stores to be a part of that. So, um, that helped us out a bunch getting awareness with Bosch last year, uh, and we'll be doing that continually throughout the year on not just their metalworking side, but also with their, uh, safety side as well. So given, yeah, with that whole metalworking team, I would guess that Bosch is probably a pretty big expansion target for 2021. Yeah, that is a huge expansion for us. And, um, we've got a nice bundle, uh, with, uh, Bosch as well. So, uh, RSUs is actually one of the key accounts that we have, um, that also has WD 40. So it's a nice little bundle that we've got at RSUs there too. And RSUs does, um, quite a, like about 150 to $175,000 a year, uh, with WD 40. So, oh, wow. All right. That's a, that's some good volume of, uh, of the cans there. Yeah. And it's something that nobody's really ever called on them for. So they've just been selling it just pretty much organically without right. anybody really helping out. So there's a great opportunity with WD 40 with them as well. So it sounds like a lot of your success is just, you know, to your point, like staying in front of them, being present, bringing them, you know, more information, more trainings, more awareness to the brands. Yes, absolutely. So I know that, uh, you know, DuPont is, is a large piece of that volume there, they're well over a million dollar DuPont customer. But I know one of the areas that, that we've been talking through is, is MCR and mm -hmm. really making MCR more of a presence there. What have, what have you been doing to help drive that business? Yeah. So, um, and just here recently, uh, RSUs has never been a part of a buying group. So they actually just joined AD here in January, um, which is great for MCR because we have some um, better programs with MCR and AD, but, um, MCR last year, we did about $300,000 with them, but we're still not on their actual website. So, especially in COVID times, we've realized how important it is to be placed on everybody's website because that's how people are ordering. So um, one of the things that um, they've committed to me is that we will, we'll get placement on their website and we will get, uh, we'll get, uh, we'll be an authorized manufacturer for them if we hit $500,000 in sales this year, um, which is exciting because um, as Line Drive as a whole, uh, up until this last year, we haven't really had the field sales team to support us on some of the key accounts, but this is the one where we, we do get that. We are giving the, um, field consultants or the solutions consultants in the field team, um, POS on this. So, mm -hmm. you know, driving that 
actually at the branch levels and at a regional level and with the safety specialists, I, I don't think that it's going to be that hard to hit that $500,000 because it's not something that we've concentrated on in the past. Yeah, I've heard a, a, a few of the SCs have already had some uh, glove audits or uh, 360s, if you will, with RSUs. We, we've seen some some good sized wins already. Yeah, we've seen some. Um, we've seen some definitely, like with Angie uh, down in the south. Like she's actually helped uh, land the Janus Steel contract, and then um, we've got some wins from Peter's team already this already this year in January. So. All right. So it sounds like you know that there's we've seen success. So we have those stories to tell to the other branches. We can get out and, and point to uh, very specific examples of MCR being a partner with uh, some of the RSU's branches. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good. So how, how can you see, how, how can the rest of line drive help Jenny explode this business in 2021? What's the, what's the path to growth? Sure. So over the last few weeks, I've actually been having, um, been sitting in on some of the, or on the regional calls for, the regional managers with line drive and um, talking about uh, supporting at a local level and reaching out to contacts. Um, we've also been uh, reaching out to the safety specialist team, what kind of training they want this year. And the um, SCs are going to sit in on that training and get to know them. And it's just really driving the relationship from a ground up um, and building those relationships more at a local level with RSUs. Um, we can, I can drive, uh, programs as much as I want, but it's really going to just be that relationship piece that um, all of our SCs are great at building anyways. Right. So treating it just like any other distributor we have, there's plenty of branches, they've got specialists, they're focused on safety and metalworking. I mean, this is like, to me, this is like, ah, this is like right in the line drive wheelhouse. We should, everyone should be engaging just, yeah. it's, a, it's a natural fit. Yeah, definitely. And um, another thing too, is we actually just got Rockford Systems um, at RSUs too. So that's a that's a good win for us as well. And then um, we're looking at adding ideal. Um, they've just got some paperwork to fill out too. So that's another, those are two more lines that we're, um, that we're putting on to the RSUs. Awesome. So it sounds like, so Jenny's teeing up all this good stuff at corporate, putting these, these programs in place. And now it's uh, up to the field to work their magic and execute like we would anywhere else and, and build those relationships and drive those conversions. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, look forward. We'll, we'll check back in as the year goes on, but uh, thank you for spending your time with us today and, and uh, glad we can help grow RSUs for you. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Well, that's our show this week. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully you learned something new about Line Drive, our customers, and our team. Subscribe on your chosen platform, smash that like button on Teams, and of course, reach out to me with anything you'd like to know more about Line Drive or something that you want amplified. Guests are always welcomed and encouraged. Certified Fresh is a Line Drive production. Recording is done over janky internet with poor microphones. Your host and executive producer is me, Brian Zamania, and our technical producer is Amy Struckmeyer.